Hello and welcome to another season of Marketing Connected where we discuss pertinent topics with leaders in the marketing and advertising industry. I am your host Janice Tan. This week's episode features a fireside chat with Bling Empire star Kane Lim. During Marketing Interactive's Content 360 conference, Lim and regional editor Razwana Manjur discussed the rise of Asian influencers in the West, the importance of giving back to the community, and why authenticity matters. Bling Empire is a Netflix reality series that follows the glitz and glamour of the lives led by wealthy Asian Americans in Los Angeles. Hi Kane, you look fabulous. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Uh, I'm doing so well, thank you. It's what time is it here? It's 6 p.m. here. I'm going to love to be in Singapore with you because I know you guys did this like, you know, in person like three years ago, right? Yeah. You know, we live in a different world now, so I'm really happy to be here and to kickstart uh, kickstart this off. And also I'm so humbled by like just the speakers that are going to come later. Like, you know, it's such an honor to to start this with you. Thank you so much for being here. I mean, you you're bringing in a different piece of the puzzle completely. We want to hear um as one of the biggest stars right now, what did it feel like? What was your claim to fame and, you know, trending in Singapore, Vietnam, your home markets? What did that actually do to your profile as an influencer? I think um I'm just really overwhelmed by the entire response to the show. I knew that we had a hit show. I knew the content we filmed was amazing, but I just didn't know that it would have such a global impact as well. I mean, for example, like take example like China with no Netflix and people are streaming it there, I mean through VPN and stuff and like for China to have such a viral hit, it shows that this show has such a global outreach and it's just been overwhelming just the, with the collaborations with brands, opportunities and stuff like that. It's a total different level because I, you know, I fortunately have that platform with Netflix. So, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine, but at the same time, your your rise to fame came during a time where we saw a lot of news emerging around anti-Asian sentiments in the US as well. Um as an influencer, what do you feel that that does to your brand? Um do you feel the need to speak up? Do you feel the need to educate your clients? Do you feel clients backing away because of all these sentiments? Um actually I I feel that brands actually want to partner more with Asian um influencers and people right now, especially this time like I was on the phone with LVMH with Dior and stuff and like you know my friend Kevin posted a question like what are you guys doing to you know to highlight Asian representation and to to show that you support the community and like after a week like they posted like a you know like a notice to say that they're all in support of the Asian Asian community so um it's a weird time we're living in but like we I'm so fortunate with this platform that I can use to help like you know talk about um issues like racism that is so prevalent in Los Angeles cuz coming from Singapore we take it for coming from Asia we take it for granted that racism is you know you don't really see racism and if you watch the show i think episode 7 or 8 were in Charleston you know this is the first time for me seeing confederate flags and i only read them in history books like you know you know and like to see these people you know um talking about racism so openly singing racist songs was really an eye opener for me so i hope that you know being singaporean i could kind of spread that message of how amazing our country is in the sense of like just bridging um religion culture community um yeah there's definitely a huge responsibility you know and it, it is stressful at times because and many times i've always there with pr i'm like how's the wording and like how 
you know. So yeah, it's an interesting time, but I'm so blessed with this platform to to be able to help as well. Yeah, definitely. And I also wanted to know. Um, a few years ago, we had the whole DNG incident, right? Because they had a model who was eating pizza using chopsticks. That actually escalated to a point where uh, they had to cancel the runway show. Um, they had to pull back out of the China market because a lot of the influencers and celebrities were dropping them. Um, as an influencer, do you feel that it is uh, it is your duty to actually educate your clients about, you know, what are the nuances in Asia, um, given that we have the myriad of, of cultures here? Um, or do you sometimes just go in and think like, okay, you know what, they're paying me to do their job, they're the experts, should I just speak about it a little bit, a little bit but I'm going to draw away when things get a little bit too heated? That's a good um, question, Rizwana, because personally, I for the issue, I didn't really have much information for me to be able to, you know, have a viewpoint, especially it's such a tricky topic, right? So yeah. I'll give you an example for like a very famous um, Instagrammer, Diet Prada. He's a, I don't know if you follow him, he's like Asian as well, and he did yeah. a whole blast with DNG, and now he's with a lawsuit for 600 million, I think, yeah. or 300 million. So it's a very tricky thing, and and so for me personally, I, I would like to know and understand the issue 100 percent before giving my my two cents because as you know we have this platform of like you know hundreds of thousand people like watching us so um for me like i have to really understand it, the topic before giving my two cents because we're not just like you know uh we're, we're influencers so to speak yeah so let me rephrase that question for you um yeah. How, how far do you go in educating clients, uh, especially Western brands, um, on the myriad of cultures present in Asia? Um, because you are being paid to do a job for them. So is there a line that you say that, okay, I will try this hard and after a point, I'm not going to push any further? You mean like if brands pay me and I, like, for example, if Dolce & Gabbana approached me, are you talking about like, are you, is that the question? If any brand approached you and said, Kane, I want you to do that, but you know it's insensitive to the Asian culture, would you then try to actually, um, you know, educate them or would you pull back after a point because you are being paid by the brand? I, I'm so grateful for my dad that in my entire life, I do not have to, I don't have to suck up to anyone. I don't have to, you know, there's some things if I don't want to do, I can't be forced into it. So I actually, right. I'm very, I'm so grateful for my parents for that. You know, that I don't have to work with brands that I don't associate myself with just because they're yeah. paying me, you know, yeah. and but educating them is um, is a very tricky thing. Obviously, I would try if there's any leeway, we can you know talk to them and see like, for example, Dior, like, you know, Kevin posted a message for us, like, do you think, um, you know, how are you guys helping the Asian community? So uh, it depends on situations, but it, I would not take a job that does not represent my core value because I pride myself being so authentic in my entire career of social media if it doesn't um just because you're paying me i, I feel like i'm not going to deliver on my part as well so yeah. for example i get like a, approached by a lot of alcoholic brands and in my practice of like buddhism like alcohol mm. is like not um you know it's it's it, they, they don't advise on it so i don't take mm. any alcoholic brands because um it just doesn't resonate with me my beliefs even you can actually maybe if they pay a million i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> anything for the right yeah yeah but i'm just um joke, jokes aside yeah i wouldn't take something that i don't identify with and that would conflict with my values as well 
Okay. Do you feel that your burst into the uh, media scene was made easier because we are seeing a lot more diversity in the types of faces that uh, is presented in the American media scene? Uh, I mean, Crazy Rich Asians was really crazy for all of us as well. Um, and, and China has been a topic of conversation in the business world for some time because it is where uh, a lot of the wealth is. So do you feel that the, the road that was paved for you was a little bit easier? Oh, definitely. I give so much credit to the movie uh, Crazy Rich Asians because before that, my friend Kelly and I, we had this, she had this idea to do a reality show uh, just based on all Asian cast. And because of that movie, that kind of propelled like the networks, like every network, Amazon, Netflix, to kind of want to fight. They just wanted a, a reality show based on real people. And it was not easy to put together this entire cast. You know, this came together, you know, this is the second recast and we're all friends to begin with. And, and you, your claim to fame was really interesting, Kane. You told us that story about Rihanna. You want to share that a little bit? Oh, yeah. I signed the agreement so I can share it with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us first on I, marketing I mean, so, so most I give her, first of all, Rihanna, I gave her so much credit because, you know, how my Instagram kind of just blew up. It was because of her, like eight, seven years ago. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this thing called Instagram. And I just started posting pictures and like, you know, and then she started following me. And that day I know my phone died, like, you know, all my messages, I'm like, what's going on, right? And then I just found out she was following me. All my friends were like, dude, like Rihanna's following you. And then from that, because of that, like, you know, I think I give her so much credit for my Instagram. And recently um, we've been in contact, you know, past few years, but uh, we caught up again with uh, Rihanna and um, she was like, so when is season two? <laughs> <laughs> that you was going to be my last question as well. When is season two? <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that for the end. But like with Rihanna, for example, actually before she texted, she, before she messaged me, um, Fenty Beauty, um, they reached out to me, Fenty Skin. And they were like, you, since you, got, you have such a deep history with Rihanna, we would love to collaborate with you and have more Asian representation um, on Fenty Skin. And I was sitting in a meeting with like the gush out in my agent, Jared, and I was like, fuck, it's Rihanna. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I was trying to like keep calm because I get approached by brands all the time, but this was something, you know, she's so iconic. And for me, it's just, it's just full circle. And um, they basically said like, you are one of the first, um, I think the fifth person that I keep paying to do, um, you know, um, a collab with, because you know, like with Fenty, you, if you, I give, if Rihanna sends you a, if Fenty Skin sends you like a free gift box, you'll tag it for free because you love her, right? So this is very interesting. Um, and out of everyone, they actually wanted to use me. So I'm very thankful for that. And um, I, and yeah, yeah, it was just mind blowing. It's such a special feeling, right? When it comes full circle and, you know, someone that you love and admire is now admiring you back and wants to work with you on something that is a passion of yours. Insane. And you guys are actually the first to hear it because I've been keeping this a secret. And like, <laughs> since you brought it up, like, I actually printed the, um, the contract and I'm going like, to like, frame it up or something. <laughs> it's not the money for me. It's more than the money. It's, it, it's, the, it's the, the opportunity to collaborate further. And it's something I love, like skincare, fashion, you know, it just it, it is mind blowing. And I'm so thankful for that. And you heard it first on Marketing Interactive's Content 360, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So, Kane, I want to ask you a little bit about the posts that you create, right? It's not really a typical post that you would see on Instagram, which is a still image. Tell us your strategy behind uh, the post that you've created to date. Well, Rizwana, you're trying to get all my secrets out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually kept this a secret and like how many people are in this room? Like two, three hundred, right? Can you guys yes. please keep a secret? Because... <laughs> Um, so basically, back to answering your question, um, I had a meeting with Facebook and Instagram, the team from Facebook and Instagram, and they're like, Kane, like we, you know, we just want to ask you a question. Why do you create all your pictures as videos? And um, so basically, said, uh, uh, and they told me like, um, Paris Hilton is the other one, the other person who does it. And I told them it was because of Paris Hilton that, you know, I saw her creating um, you know, making all the pictures, videos, like years ago. And I was like, oh my God, this is just so smart and marketing. You know, <laughs> she was a pioneer of reality star. And then she is like, you know, amazing at marketing and pushing product. I mean, I think her perfume line has grossed like a billion over dollars. And she's so many from skincare to, to perfumes, to clothing, you know, um, collapse and stuff. So when I saw her, so basically what Razat is talking about is my pictures that I made it as videos. Mm. So when... So when you make it a video, you're forced to give the view. Oh. So when brands look at it, they're like, oh, okay, instead of 500 likes, you have 20,000 views. So for as a brand's perspective, I think it's, it's much better. And in my perspective, it looks better as well. Mm. Right, 520K views, you know, so Facebook and Instagram, the, the team were like, I, we found it really interesting that only you and her kind of uh, does it. And I, I give her credit for that because I learned, I learned, on, uh, yeah, I learned that, yeah. <laughs> Just in general, do you feel that you're treated differently for being Asian when you're doing your brand collaborations? I feel like I'm stronger in that sense. I feel more empowered because of the show and because of, you know, the, you know, the, the followers I have as well. Like, I change the perspective. I feel like we bring more to the table than Western influencers. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, no, sure. Heavy is the head that wears the crown as well, right? Do you feel a sense of responsibility of the type of content you're associated with? Oh, 100%. That's why I said, like, I, I'm very, I pride myself with keeping my brand very authentic. If it doesn't make sense for me, like, I wouldn't do it. I would turn down jobs. And like, I'll even suggest to them, maybe, for example, I did a collab the other day, it was like appearance, and I, and they wanted me to do a post. I'm like, a post doesn't make sense for our brand. Maybe I could say, like, I'm coming to your store, you know, a potential collaboration. If I post it, I wouldn't do you justice. So I saved that brand a lot of money. But I see a yeah. bigger potential. I see a bigger relationship than just, you know, just the money. So I, I always I look for longevity in like my investments and also in my um, collaborations. Yeah. What are the top three things you'd advise a brand to do in order to work better with influencers? Which is one of my questions. What are some of the do's and don'ts uh, when a client is looking to work with you? Okay, I think the first thing is to understand your market as well. Like not just because you have a million followers doesn't mean that, you know, the brand makes sense. You, 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 the partnership's correct. Take, for example, oh. like Kim Lee. <laughs> She's going to kill me for this. <laughs> but all the people that are looking at her Instagram are horny men, right? So <laughs> it's nine a.m. in Singapore to be discussing horny men, Kane. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, it has to just because she has a million followers, and like, let's say for a brand like LVMH to partner with her, it doesn't make sense. But for like maybe like a, you know, uh, I don't know, like a swimwear company, okay, then it makes sense or something. So I think 
the most important is to identify the right influencer first. And then secondly, because there's a huge influx of, um, you know, buying followers and, you know, and likes and stuff like that, it's so prevalent right now. Um, yeah. I think it's very important to ask for insights and also to look at the engagement that, you know, the influencer brings to the table. Um, you know, because if you look through mine, I actually respond to mostly everyone as much as I can. So I think you should look for an influencer that, that, that does that. And also, I think lastly, um, just look at the history of uh, or the reputation of the influencer before making a decision on that. So I hope I answered that question. <laughs> and Keen, what advice would you have for our brand marketers who are growing their Instagram following? Um, it's not an easy route and not all of us can get liked by Rihanna, right? Or followed by Rihanna. So <laughs> what advice would you have for our brand marketers and uh, fellow influencers who might be watching? So, for example, I suggested something to Fenty. I said, like, let's do, like, a more interactive. I think interaction, uh, you want to create experience for people. You want to invite them in. So, for example, I'm partnering with a very huge hotel, and they are like, okay, we just want to post from you. Um, a very yeah. huge hotel in Vegas, huge group. And um, so I said, like, let me suggest something that might help your brand. And it's like, they were so thankful that I said, I said give me, like, um, give me a chance to give away, like, a two-night stay with your hotel to invite people in to my life mm. Mm. so it creates that you know yes you look at this luxurious life but like i'm giving you the opportunity to join me so i think brands could create that by doing giveaways like just the inter interactive creating experience um you know even though it's not atta maybe attainable for them there are many mm. ways you can you can do it by giveaways um comment below or like tagging them or like prizes so i think it would just yeah i just think creating experiences and making it interactive and then you'll get following from that Okay. I know that you inked a deal with Gush Cloud recently to bring them on board as a talent management for you. Gush Cloud's pretty big here in Asia. Do you see a lot more deals coming in from Asia? Hello, Althea. <laughs> <laughs> That's the CEO of Gush Cloud. Yes, I know. She's really of marketing. <laughs> no, it's going good. I mean, just the fact they connected us on this platform, I think is more important than anything else. I definitely see the value in Gashka and that's why I partnered with them. I know Elfia very well and I'm actually not just me, I think Sheree as well signed and uh, Kevin just got a deal from them. So I'm very, very happy that that's happening. I love the team and I, I, I adore Elfia as a friend before even joining. How do we groom new Asian influencers to be worldwide influencers? Is there a formula? One thing is just to be authentic first, right? And secondly, I think be open to collaborations and, and also, you know, uh, have diversity in your content as well. That's what I would say. But it's not easy, Rizwana, because I, it, this is so, it's such a competitive, uh, you know, Instagram and all social platforms are so competitive. I'm so grateful that Netflix kind of propelled that for me, you know, onto another level. Because before Netflix, I was just basically, okay, you know, famous for like shoes, fashion, you know, some charity work, you know. But now with this Netflix platform, it's created an, another, you know, a celebrity status for me, although I don't consider myself one. Yeah. And how did, the, how did the deal with Netflix come around? And why did you choose Netflix as the content dissemination platform over Amazon Prime or, or Hulu or whatever else there is out there? Actually, Amazon uh, wanted to pick us up as well. So the whole story started was uh, when Kelly and I had this idea and like, we formed a group of five, six of our friends. We're like, okay, this is a good thing. We pitched it to Jeff Jenkins. And Jeff Jenkins was the producer of The Simple Life, um, The Kardashians, mm -hmm. Mariah's World, like, you know, president of B Entertainment. He left B Entertainment 
And, you know, because of mutual connections, we kind of pitched the idea to him. And he felt that was really something special, especially, and also the, the timing was right. So mm-hmm. he took that, we created like sort of a scissor wheel and then we pitched it to all the networks and uh, Netflix and Amazon came back. And like, I think it was a cohesive decision to pick with Netflix yeah. because um, I think it was a global platform. They have this global platform and also the support from the Netflix team has been amazing. Just like on the PR side, you know, anything I need, they are super supportive and also quite generous in, 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 in helping us. So I'm really glad that we went with Netflix because as Amazon is not, I don't think it's there yet. I mean, Amazon's a great company. They have a lot of money, but um, I think that we just went with Netflix because it just kind of fit, you know, fit us. Yeah. Thank you for listening. This podcast was created as part of Marketing Interactive's Content 360 Conference. To find out more about our events, visit www.marketing-interactive.com.